turn to the uh, book of Revelation, starting with the seventh chapter. <clears throat> seventh chapter, ninth verse. And when you have it, please stand. Hear ye the word of the Lord. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne, and they worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. For the Lamb, who is in the midst of the throne, will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. God's word for God's people and God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, for the time that we are going to spend today together. I want to talk about the communion of saints. The communion of saints. We, uh, we say that phrase every time we recite the Apostles' Creed, also known as the affirmation of faith. But what does it mean? The communion of saints. People commune together. Commune, it's a, it's a noun, it, it, it's a... Uh, it means a group of people living together and sharing uh, possessions and responsibilities. Some other words you may hear in that, that, that manner would be a collective or a cooperative or a communal settlement. You say someone lives in a commune. Uh, saints in Catholicism is reserved for those who have met the criteria for canonization. Not everybody can be a saint or be referred to as a saint in Catholicism. But we as United Methodists use the term for a believer. A professing Christian is a saint. We don't have to have recorded miracles both when we are alive and after we passed away in order to be a saint. We are saints through Jesus Christ. As uh, one theologian, Eric Mathis, says it best, we are saints because God's sanctity is at work in us. Saint means holy one. 
It's also used in Greek for holy and sanctuary and holy place. Most holy and holiness. So the communion of saints will be a gathering together a group of people that are holy. But not just those who are here today. Uh, those who have gone before us as well. I mean, that's why we're here, right? We're here because we don't think this is the end. We're here because we expect something greater after we pass on. It's communion of saints are those who are a part of that as well. Those who we believe have passed on and had a relationship with Christ. So we know what the communion of saints are. Let's uh, talk a little bit about what they do. Uh, the book of Revelation was written sometime around uh, 80 to 100 A.D. or C.E. Now some people like to treat it like a letter. Uh, others like to treat it like a prophecy. And others like to treat it like an apocalypse. And when you hear the term apocalypse, some people tend to think that means the end of the world. But that's not really what it means in a biblical sense. Uh, apocalypse in the Greek means the uncovering. It's a revealing. It's a revelation. It's They're giving them something. It's it's a disclosure of knowledge when you hear the apocalypse. So people tend to look at the book and think it's about the end of the world. And a lot of people have made a lot of money writing books about that, the end of the world. But it's really about the revealing, the disclosure, the uncovering of the Christ. That's what Revelation is about. And it talks a little bit about the saints. In, verse, in verses 9 through 10, we see that they are praising God because that's what saints do. Saints praise God. What are they praising God for? They're praising God for his great salvation. Salvation belongs to our God who's seated on the throne, which is why uh, I, I preach and don't preach certain things. It's based on that text. Uh, uh, I'm never one to try to put people in heaven or hell because I don't have a heaven or hell to put them in. I preach Jesus is the only way to heaven. Yes, indeed, the way, the truth, and the life. No one shall come to the Father except through him. But I don't go around saying this person's going to hell and that person's going to hell because it's in the Bible. Salvation belongs to God. Amen. I can only show the way. And I can show the way by pointing to the book, but I can't put you anywhere. Yeah. And just like I can't put you in hell, I can't put you in heaven. Amen. You got to form your own relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But the saints, they praise God for the great salvation in 9 and 10. Amen. Salvation belongs to God who sits on the throne, the Lamb. Salvation is deliverance. It's rescue. It's even used in the Greek for the word survive. It's not just about what happens on the end, but what happens now. Salvation is your relationship with God. Saints praise God. That's what they do. They also praise God for his glory, his wisdom, and his power. 
Revelation 21, 11 says it was the glory of God in radiance like a very rare jewel, like Jasper, and clear as crystal. First uh, Timothy 1 and 17 says to the king of all ages, immoral, immortal, invisible, the only God be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. God is glory. It's literally weight when you break the word down and nothing is heavier than God. Amen. Amen. God's glory. And these saints, they know about God's glory. So they praise him for it and his wisdom. Ezekiel 11 and 5 says, Then the spirit of the Lord fell upon me, and he said to me, Thus says the Lord, This is what you think, O house of Israel. I know the things that come into your mind. God is wise. God is the only wise God. He's wiser than anything we can ever imagine. James 1 and 5 says, if any of you is lacking wisdom, ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to you. They praise these saints in Revelation are praising God for his wisdom because he has it all. He's able to give it ungrudgingly because he's got more than we can handle. God has all of the wisdom. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting, the God, the creator of the ends of this earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Uh, Schubert Ogden, somebody, one of my favorite professors, uh, calls the greatest theologian to ever walk the earth. Um, once came up with a term for God, the all-inclusive whole of reality. Anything less than the all-inclusive whole of reality is not God. I think that might be some of the problem that we have uh, in trying to uh, explain God. We're, we're, we're taking something that encompasses all of reality and we're trying to put hands and feet and a familiar relationship on it and control it and when you start doing that you leave things out God is all of reality God is all of everything and anything less is not God but when you try to make him a genie that you can ask questions of and just get whatever you want you run into trouble because then what happens when you don't get what you want there is no searching of his understanding, his understanding, his wisdom, his glory is greater than we can ever imagine. We can only hope to get a piece of it. Amen. His glory and his wisdom is what the saints thank him for. God in his power. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but rather a spirit of power and a love and a sound mind. You know, some translations actually break the Greek down for the power and they say, oh, well, not power, but like for fear and put cowardice in the translation in First Timothy 1, I mean, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. It says, when they say fear, they say cowardice 
And something else that I've noticed is that in the Greek, when they say sound mind, is self-discipline. There is nobody that is more disciplined than God. Another term for power in, in physics is the rate of doing work. Uh, and we know that God has power because we've seen the work that he's done. There is no work that is done greater than what God has done. God has power and the saints thank him for it. What else do saints thank him for? Well, we have this great numbered multitude and I've, there are rarely outside of the ordination of women. The only other scripture I see more hotly debated is uh, in, in, in Revelation uh, chapter 7 because they say that at first he saw 144,000. And so there are people out there who have taken that passage of scripture and determined that only 144,000 people are getting into heaven. I mean, but if you come and that, that I mean, it's there, it's in, it's in your book, uh, uh, round, round uh, verse 4 in Revelation 7, there is the 144,000. But when I go <laughs> further down to about verse Nine, I see a number that no man can number. I personally wouldn't want to be involved in a religion that said only 144,000 people are going to heaven. What if I'm number 144,001? How does that work? Done all this stuff and it's like, oh, sorry, we packed. Let me close the door. Enjoy your barbecue. <laughs> A man, a number, no man can number. The saints are praising for their salvation because that's what saints do. They praise for God's salvation and they pray for their, 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 they praise for their salvation. They are saved during the great tribulation. The great ordeal, some would call it. Uh, the word is in the Greek is pronounced thalipsis. And it's interesting, some of the words that it's used for, the pressure, the great ordeal, something that constricts or rubs together a narrow place that hems someone in. These saints have been through something and have come out on the other side. Amen. That's why they can sing about it and say, amen, the blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and power and might. That's a song they are singing because they are worshiping. Archbishop Barone asked, said that worship makes God's voice bearable. Amen. Because if you were to hear the voice of God, you would not be able to handle it. Reminded of Moses having not to see the full glory of God, but just enough to pass by. And that was almost too much for him to handle. But when you worship, he inhabits the praises of his people and it, it makes God bearable. And when you got something to worship about, when you got something to look back over your life and understand that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, they get through this great ordeal, the pressure, 
they made it through and their robes were washed and made white in the blood of the lamb I'm, I still find it funny the confusion that I had in class in word and worship I theologically have a problem with somebody writing a song praising God and then somebody else deciding well I don't really like how that sounds so I'm going to change some words because that's not that's offensive and uh, my professor had gone on and on and on about how offensive some people find the word blood to be but it's in the Bible the blood of the lamb the blood that reaches the highest mountain the blood that flows to the lowest valley the blood that gives me strength from day to day the blood that will never lose its power I need that blood what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood and here it is in the Bible their robes after they've been through this pressure are washed in the blood and they come out white as snow I need the blood and so do these saints and that's what they are thanking God for So they thank God for their salvation. And they also thank God for their service. Uh, the saints are in service to God. The text says they worship him day and night. This is a way of life for them. Not just something they do for an hour and a half, one day a week. Amen. Worship is a lifestyle. You all will bring more people to Christ than I ever will. I got my time here and I might get some time preaching to somebody else's church might one day get invited to a, a, a revival or something other that, that may happen. But you all live your life day to day around a bunch of people who don't have anything to do with the church. Uh, at one time, they had said that the greater Houston area was comprised of about five million people. But on any given Sunday, only 400,000 actually went to church. Well, we've had a new census since that report came out. And the greater Houston area is up to 6.3 million people in the area. But still, only 400,000 go to church. So 5.9 million people do not go to church. The Bible says in... In Psalm 71 and 8, my mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all day long. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Psalm 34, which we read this morning, bless the Lord at all times. We can't just be about this in church. So we thank, they thank God through their service and they thank God for their Savior. Amen. The words used in verse 16 are very special because they recall a prophecy. Goes back to Isaiah 49 and 10. The people of God were in exile and they were looking for a way to return home. And God said through the prophet Isaiah at that time in 49 and 10, they shall not hunger nor thirst, neither scorching sun, scorching wind nor sun shall strike them down. Or he who has pity on them will lead them 
and by waters and spring will guide them. The same God that helped the people in Isaiah is the same God that the people are praising in Revelation. I know it may feel like a desolate place right now, barren, but if God did it before, he can do it again. I know it may seem like you don't know where your next meal is coming from or where your next breakthrough is coming from, but the Bible says that they shall neither hunger nor thirst. And my God is not a man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he should seek to repent. If he did it before, he can do it again. And that is why they are praising. That is why they are praising and worshiping because they've seen the fruition. They're in heaven. They don't need to worry about it anymore. They've seen the fruition, the, the communion of saints are together. They've seen what we've hoping for. They've seen Romans 10 and 9. If, 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 if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. They've seen that. They've seen it in action that those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that is what they are worshiping. They are worshiping their Savior. In the name of the Father. In the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come.